Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wish Well podcast. I hope you all are doing well. I'm recording this podcast intro the night before I normally release my podcast, and I'm normally not such a last-minute person. I have been super good about planning my schedule out, planning all the things that I need to do, but somehow this one got away from me, and so I'm having to talk very quietly because my son is supposed to be sleeping in the next room. Everybody, including all of my animals, are asleep and I'm up trying to get this done and published and ready to be published, I'm sorry, tomorrow. So here I am. <laughs> and I hope, like I said, that you all are doing well. It's just been a very hectic week for me. I have so many things going on. And also, we are trying to get things set up for the holidays. I just got a Christmas tree and my son insisted on setting it up tonight and I told him we would just have to see how late it was. Of course, it was much later than I anticipated when we were ready to get everything set up. Then I had to go out to the garage and take the tree out of the box and it was a much bigger to do than I initially anticipated. So everything got pushed back. So. You know, sometimes you just have to make adjustments, and I was a little bit irritated at the whole thing, but I let my son plug in the tree for the first time. It's a new Christmas tree, so I let him plug it in, and it was very magical. So for those of you who don't really know me, I am a little bit of a Grinch during the holidays. Um, It's just kind of been over the years, haven't really been in the mood much for celebrating holidays, just, you know, a lot of things going on, but I will say that this tree is truly magical. So with that being said, I want to get started on to give you the introduction to this episode, which is episode number 43, which is entitled Just Keep Moving with Dr. Reva Rawl. And I do mention in the beginning of the episode that she and I met through some social media groups, and I have been blessed to know her over the years. I probably have known her for the last six years or so, and we've all grown so much within the last couple of years, and I'm super excited to share her story with you all. And the phrase, just keep moving, is so wonderful because that's something that I have talked about quite a bit in previous episodes. Um, That is one of my favorite phrases to keep moving because moving means so many things. It's not just uh, the physical act of moving, but also moving emotionally and mentally as well to get out of that stagnant space. So I think it's a wonderful phrase. I'm very happy that she picked that as her phrase for her health and wellness journey. So I want to introduce you to her and tell you a little bit about her. She is a 24-7 platinum physician for Cooper Clinic Platinum Direct Medicine Practice. 
She received a double Bachelor of Arts at Rice University and a Doctor of Medicine from the University of California, San Francisco School of Medicine. She completed her internal medicine internship and residency and a residency in emergency medicine, serving as chief resident for one year at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas. She's certified by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Emergency Medicine and the author of Physical Activity and Health Guidelines. And you can find out a little bit more information about her on cooperaerobics.com. I'm super excited to share this episode with you all, and I hope you tune in every week for more episodes. I can't believe this year is coming to an end. It's been a crazy ride for 2020. I do have a couple more episodes left for the rest of the year before we hopefully start with a brand new season. So tune in and I will talk to you all soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishwell Podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Reva Rall. Dr. Reva is a physician in Dallas, and actually she and I connected on a Facebook group, I think, probably, I don't know, six or seven years ago. It's been a long time. <laughs> so I feel like we've known each other over the years and uh, shared with each other over the years. So I was really excited to get her on the podcast because I know she has an interesting story to share in terms of her health and wellness journey, but I'll let her share it. But welcome, Reva. How are you? Good. It's good awesome. to be here. So glad to have you. So we'll just jump right in. And um, if you can let the audience know in one or two words or a phrase, what describes your own personal health and wellness journey? Just keep moving. Awesome. So share with us a little bit about why you picked that phrase. Well, um, you know, I feel like for both myself, my friends, and my patients, uh, the, the barriers for getting involved with physical activity, there's always some. Sometimes the barriers are bigger than others, but I tell people, and I think the same way, is that some movement is better than no movement. And so even if you just do a little bit, just keep moving, just keep doing it, um, you're going to benefit at some point from just a little bit. And that's kind of how I started. And that's kind of how I think about it. Mm -hmm. So share with us, I know we talked a little bit offline before we started recording. Um, I know that you're a runner, but uh, you weren't always a runner. So share with us a little bit about how you started kind of getting out there and um, got moving. Well, um, when I started high school, um, I was kind of the short fat kid and I couldn't make any of the team sports because they had cuts and I did go out for the cross country team because they didn't cut anyone off the team. Um, at that time, I, I still remember my first race that I did. I was on the JV and there were about 200 girls and I finished dead last out of all of them that I think is an accomplishment <laughs> in and of itself. You um, finished. So I, I finished. <laughs> it was a two mile, it was a two mile race in Northern California, but I, I stuck with it. I kept moving. Mm -hmm. And eventually uh, by my sophomore year, I made the varsity and, um, and we made it to the state meet the following year. I was the captain and I ended up um, having an athletic scholarship in college and 
um, you know, I've, I've made running a big part of my life, but I, and it's because I kept moving. It's not because I was, you know, some talented uh, child prodigy, certainly the opposite of that when I started. So what made you want to keep at it? Because I know I tried out for track or I went to track workout in high school and it was awful. And I was like, this is not for me. I am done. <laughs> so what made you kind of, was it just the challenge or, or what, what motivated you to keep going? Well, I think I'm always game for a challenge, but I also saw that when I put some effort in, there was some sort of reward or tangible growth or improvement. And I also know that I felt better. Um, my parents, my friends would, you know, would say that I felt better. Well, that's, that's really awesome. And so you got a scholarship. And so from there, how did you um, decide to kind of go into medicine? And I know I definitely want to talk about what you do now in terms of your career, but, um, but tell us a little bit about that journey. So I think from a young age, I always wanted to be a physician um, because of role models in my life, maybe my pediatrician or other, um, my mom's college roommate was an ophthalmologist. Um, and I actually enjoyed sports medicine and was really interested in that arm of it. Um, but I, I don't think there was ever any other thought in my mind of what I wanted to do other than go to medical school and be a physician. Um, I'm lucky that my um, current career now sort of marries my love of physical activity and athleticism and also being able to be a physician and interact with and help other people. Okay. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what you do right now. I know that you mentioned that, you know, you combine the fitness aspect uh, with the medical aspect, but for those of us who are the listeners who don't know a whole lot about what you do, can you kind of uh, walk us through? Yeah. So I work up at the Cooper Clinic in Dallas. I work uh, with and for um, Dr. Kenneth Cooper, who is widely known as the father of aerobics. Um, about 40 some years ago, he wrote um, the book called Aerobics. He coined the term. And, um, you know, prior to that time, physical activity was not necessarily felt to be a necessary component for people. And in fact, people who had heart disease um, were told that they should rest, as opposed to now, where we encourage people to do physical activity and cardiac rehab. So um, I see patients on a regular basis. I do preventive type examinations. I spend a lot of time with my patients. I help them develop an exercise prescription. Uh, I talk to them about their barriers for physical activity. I help them brainstorm to find ways to improve their health through lifestyle, through whether it's eating healthier, uh, getting more physical activity, or stress management in any number of ways, um, but being able to share my experiences and also help people, you know, look within themselves about what are their goals and how will they help achieve them. I think that's really um, valuable. And to me, it makes my job awesome. Yes. I mean, it definitely sounds like a very rewarding job. Um, but so do you find some of the patients that you interact with or treat, are they intimidated by you? Because you look, I mean, amazing. 
<laughs> well, thank you. Um, I, you know, I like to think that uh, sometimes people are intimidated by, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, you're lean or you make it look easy or you don't know how it is. And, and that's when I am grateful that I have the time to sit down with my patients and say, actually, I do know how it is. Mm-hmm. I was not an athlete. I struggled to run one lap on the less than 400 meter track at my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't always love getting up every day and doing it. Um, and so, and saying, you know, I, I am disciplined. I am doing this. And just because you look at me and think that it's easy doesn't mean that it is, but it certainly is worthwhile. Um, Also, I think sometimes um, people who um, are intimidated might choose a different doctor, but on the other hand, sometimes people look at that as, look, here's someone who walks the walk. Let me see if I can, you know, gain a little bit of that wisdom of, of, you know, what it is that makes her want to get up and do it every day. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like you have come a long way, and I think that makes it makes you as a person very relatable to your patients who may be struggling with, um, you know, just even walking from their house to their mailbox. So I think it's great that you're able that that you're able to connect with your patients in that way. Um, what are some other challenges that you face in your own personal journey in terms of your career and um, and all of that? Well, um, like a lot of single parents, I am challenged by trying to find the balance of uh, career, personal health and wellness, family, um, and just, you know, trying to do what everyone wants to do, which is, you know, be on point with all those aspects at the same time. Um, this recent global pandemic has thrown an extra curveball in there and, you know, makes it even more challenging because I have to add homeschool teacher um, to the list of things. And so I think that is a big challenge. But I also look at that as, you know, my gift is that I have the structure and routine that I get up and I do some physical activity every day, which sort of sets uh, the day on an even keel for me and helps me manage the stress involved with just trying to balance everything. And that kind of brings me to my next question, which was, you know, what does, what does your fitness routine look like? So is that, do you run every day or how do you, how do you kind of fit that into your routine? Well, I joke with my patients. I say, they say, do you run every day? And I say, you know, all the days that end in Y um, or, (laughs) or I'll get to work um, on a day that is, you know, sleeting in horrible weather and someone will say something, are you kidding, did you run? And I said, yep, I, I did. And, and the thing is, I make it a priority to get up and run every morning. I'm not very good at any other sports and, and running is easy for me. I do it straight from my house. I have a routine. I see the same people at the same place mm-hmm. on the trail every morning. But I feel like having that routine um, is, is what keeps me on an even keel. And it's not a question if I'm going to exercise or even when, but you know, what time do I need to set the alarm so I can get it done before everything else? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me that, that is just, that's the way I, I, I do it is I just take into account that it's going to happen and plan accordingly. Yeah. And I think that's important. Um, you know, something that's hard for many people, myself included is, um, 
setting that routine. And I think I, I listened to a video recently that, you know, said the best thing that you can do is set your alarm early in the morning and get stuff done early in the morning. And I think that's the hardest thing for me to do is to put that as part of my routine. But I think part of it is just, you just have to start somewhere. So the first step is just getting started. Well, you're exactly right. And for me, when I tell people say, what is the best time of day to exercise? And I say the best time of day is the time of day where you will do it consistently. You know, for some people it's at 10 PM. That would never work for me. Um, for me, just to your point, I like to get up and do it early because invariably there's something that happens during the day that I'm going to get behind. Uh, one of my kids calls me from school or there's an appointment or something else and it's going to fall by the wayside. And, and I, I share that with my patients and my friends and my clients as well. You know, I say, take the barriers away, pack. If you like to work out at the gym, pack a workout bag and put it in the trunk of your car every single day, whether you have the intent of exercising or not, because if that window of opportunity does open up for you, you won't have an excuse of, I don't have my clothes or, you know, I can't, I don't, I don't have the right thing. Um, and so I, I just feel like making it available to yourself um, is so important. Yeah. And I think that's, that's great advice. Um, and definitely, like I said, it just takes, takes, takes one step in the right direction. And then it does get kind of addictive in a way, right? I mean, when you see, especially I think with running, when you see the, the, the gains that you've made with running and you're really only competing against yourself, I think it's very motivating and, um, and it can help a lot of people who are a little bit scared to take that first step. It, well, exactly. And literally the first step. And, you know, there's, I'm, I'm kind of a Luddite in terms of, I don't have a Garmin watch. I don't have any apps that track things. I don't have the, the um, social media, you know, mapping my run and those sorts of things. I just kind of go out there and do it. But I think the, the perspective for a lot of people, like the gamesmanship of it, the being able to look, hey, I did this many steps yesterday. Now I'm going to try to do this many steps today is so beneficial and, and is motivating for people. Um, you know, I used to, back in the old days, uh, keep track on a written log from runner's world of how many miles. And it was always interesting at the end of the week to see, you know, am I going to get this number or that number? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just easier for people now with all the apps out there um, to, to, you know, make it fun. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I even tell people, um, I borrow the phrase from Dr. Cooper all the time, but he says, walk your dog twice a day, whether you have a dog or not. <laughs> and I think that's perfect because that goes along with the keep moving, just get up and do something. You know, you mm -hmm. don't have to run a marathon. Every little bit of physical activity works. And you notice I tell people about physical activity, not about exercise. Mm -hmm. People sort of think those are the same things, but they're different. Physical activity is walking your dog. Exercise is intentionally going out and doing something for physical activity. But if you think about it in terms of trying to get to that 150 minutes a week, that is our target for good health. You know, you can do two minutes here, five minutes there. If you walk your dog twice a day, that's really, you're at 140, 150 minutes already. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to me, just trying to find ways to do it, to be creative and, um, and motivated, I think are very helpful. And I think when you put it in, in perspective like that, it's definitely attainable for 
a lot of people because if you tell somebody to exercise 150 minutes a week or however it is, that just seems very overwhelming for many people. But if you just tell them that you just need to get out there and get moving for that amount of time, it just seems much more achievable for people and for people who really um, are scared of that or have a lot of fear. Absolutely. Um, and so I think it's interesting what you said, because I love my Garmin and a Garmin for those of you who don't know, and, and everybody probably knows what a Garmin is, it tracks, you can, you can do, um, you know, physical activity, you can track it on your watch and it does steps and some of them do heart rate and everything. I love my Garmin because it gets me motivated, but I think it's really interesting that you don't, you don't really track your running. So how do you know how much you're running or do you, do you even care at this point? Like you just do it because you love it. So it doesn't really matter how far you go. <laughs> It, it's funny, Michelle, because I was thinking about that this morning. Um, you know, how much am I really running? I think I run about 50 miles a week because um, I, I live in Dallas and we have um, a public trail. It's called the Katy Trail. And I happen to live a, a couple miles north of it. So I run along the feeder road of the highway and I run down and I hop onto the trail. That's where I, that's my cheers, where I see everyone. Everyone knows your name or whatever. Um, and, and I just run along that. And I used to run all the way to the end of it and turn around. And I'm a little older and I have a little less time now. So I kind of turn around at the same place every day. And I've figured out based on the speed that I imagine that I'm probably running, uh, how far I think I go every morning and turn around. Um, I pretty much just, you know, turn around at the 30 minute mark. And so, um, and I rarely vary my run uh, from that. And it's just, it's nice. It's my routine. Um, sometimes I'll run a little bit longer, but I, I know based on feel and I know my pace having been a runner for 30 years, I can tell you my pace to within five seconds a mile just by feel and exertion. So I have an idea of how far, but it's sort of nice sometimes to keep it nebulous you know, mm -hmm. ignorance is bliss in that way. Do you ever track yourself just for fun, just for kicks and surprise yourself? Just curious. Well, I, I have, I have in the past, if I meet a friend for a run and after the run, they'll say, oh, we did this pace or that pace. And, and usually it's pretty spot on. I do know on my old uh, phone, which I date myself, I, I have a refurbished iPhone six, but there's a health app on it. And so it gives you kind of a guesstimate of, of how many miles, it won't tell you pace, but you know, it'll tell me how many miles throughout the year or how many miles on average I have for day. So I, I kind of have an, a general idea, but you know, I also know, um, you know, based on my pace, I pretty much run uh, between seven and a half and eight miles every morning. Wow. So uh, last question, um, where do you see yourself in the next five years with all of this? Well, I think I'm going to continue to do what I do. I don't know that I'm going to be running an hour every morning. I'll do whatever my body puts up with, but I see myself as continuing to be an ambassador uh, for physical activity um, for patients and other people. I wrote a book about physical activity about 10 years ago now, and I feel like um, being able to encourage people to get as much physical activity and reduce as much sedentary time as possible um, that's where I see myself, whether it's by leading by example or just getting out and being involved with all sorts of things in the community that involve physical activity. I mean, I plan to continue to use my position uh, at work and also just with 
you know, my running career to encourage people. I think that's great. And physical therapy, physical activity is so important. And tell us a little bit about this book. Oh, uh, it's called Physical Activity and Health Guidelines. Um, basically, um, I came up with the idea with the publisher because no uh, one single entity existed that addressed all the different guidelines that are out there. I mean, you know, at that point, there was something from the Institute of Medicine saying you needed 60 minutes a day, most days of the week. American College of Sports Medicine said something different. And, you know, nobody knew really how much activity you needed. And, and then there's something came out that said, well, if you really want to be healthy, you need 90 minutes a day, seven days a week. And most people threw up their hands and gave up. But, you know, um, my book encompasses the, the physical activity guidelines through the different entities from the lifestyle between, you know, how much activity an infant should get up to how much geriatric um, individuals should get. And then it's also divided by disease entity. Whereas, you know, if you have heart disease or you have osteoporosis or you have osteoarthritis or you have multiple sclerosis, how much physical activity should you get? What frequency, what duration, what intensity, and what types of activities? And there are guidelines from all these different sources, but my book just basically puts it all in one place, organizes it. And so it's a good um, reference point for people trying to figure out how much activity should I get and what about if I have this or what about if I have that or what about if I have a five-year-old kid versus what about if I have a 90-year-old mother. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of um, what the book is. That sounds great. I mean, it sounds very useful because, I mean, in my own personal practice, I get a lot of patients who say they have back pain and they ask me, what are some good exercises that I can do? And um, so to have something that's more centralized that, that people can go to and reference, I think that's really helpful. Absolutely. Well, we're just about um, out of time. I just wanted to give you the opportunity. And I know that you said you're not really on social media a lot, but, um, but how can people reach you if they want to connect with you? Well, I'm always available through the Cooper Clinic uh, website, which is located in Dallas. Um, and I am on Facebook. People can reach out to me um, that way. Um, happy to answer questions, happy to encourage people, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, my book is on Amazon. Um, and uh, yeah, just like I'm not so connected with the Garmin and the tracking of running, I'm probably not as connected as even my kids on social media. <laughs> well, I mean, I definitely think that people should check out that book if they're interested. And um, again, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast to share your journey. I definitely think that moving is very important. Um, you know, in, in these days, it's kind of easy to just sit at home and be connected to people virtually, but I think it's really important to just get out there. And there's a lot of opportunity, I think, nowadays as well, um, just to get out there, get into a running community or running group, um, get out there and just move. So I think that's really a great message. Absolutely. Thank you again. Um, and I right, hope to talk, talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, All right. Michelle. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health, 
and I wish you wellness. Thank you.